Romans makes the gospel more accessible and reminds us that the obedience of faith frees us to live out who we already are together as the body of Christ. This week, I'm sitting down with Joe Keller and David Haig as we reflect on our series in the book of Romans, looking at some of the big takeaways. I'm your host, Aaron Miller, pastor of equipping at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. Welcome to Magnify. Not live radio, uh, nor is it. Hey, no, hey, listen, I'm down. Like I said, I serve at the will of the executive pastor. Is the executive pastor? <laughs> that was like your own will. I, I submit to my own will. Oh, That's what my Berkman said. Oh, I got to talk to you about my Berkman. By the way, I have my sheet. You got to look at it. I'm going to bring it. I you need to print it off. It. I hear you have a hidden need. I have a few. There's four different categories that the scoring does not add up. Yeah. Yeah. I had two of those. So. It makes me wonder if it was user error. I don't think it's user error. You don't? Uh-uh. You just have to reflect on it and go, oh, is that? I just feel exposed. But well, I guess that you're supposed to when you're assessing weaknesses and well, your good needs. Night. Yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how it all I just out. want to say one thing about Berkman. Yeah. It's probably better to take a test and have someone who cares about you tell you where your faults are. Yeah. Rather than later have them come out. <laughs> Yeah. In a sure. 360 review. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Anon- anonymously. <laughs> that, that, that's happened too. I go, hey, why are there two or three people in this room uh, with me right now? I've, uh, <laughs> are you guys all the two or three witnesses? Is that what's happening to me right now? God is kind, isn't he? How he not <laughs> always. Like wait, a like, like, wait a wait a minute. Wait a minute. Last time we talked, there was only one person in the room. Now there's two or three. Oh, oh boy. What, guys, what, what are, are we talking about? Hey, listen, hey, count the number of heads in the room. You know the Lord's with us in this. Like, hey everybody, how's it going? Certainly you've read my Berkman. Dave, I was <laughs> I thought it was a men's clothing store for the longest time. It sounds Hey, like do you get that at Berkman? It's seriously. Berkman and Berkman. Sounds or like, like a law yeah, firm. Or like a, or like a mint. <laughs> hey, Aaron Miller, I'm with Berkman and Berkman. That's <laughs> oh, <it's> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Berkman and Berkman. Oh, I told Joe coming down the hallway what we were doing. I said, hey, you're going to be on a podcast with Dave and I. Why? Oh, and he goes, wait, what? Since when? Code. I'm like, since I wrote the schedule in Aaron, December. Aaron, like, there is a code. There's a code. <laughs> I, David, I don't know if you know, I break the code nearly every oh, day. My word. That's and that's one of the things I admire about you. <laughs> oh, my word. Guys, I didn't even know there was a code until Joe showed up. Oh, my word. Well, and now it's helpful to know so that I can okay. know how to tease it out and come close to breaking it. Or All I do, it. all I do is love you too. And this is, this well, is what guys, I See, Joe needs to realize he came into a culture that was already well-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I am, I am being shaped. That's for sure. I'm being shit. And I embrace it. And I, I embrace know. it. And God and, is kind. And we're all better because you're here. Amen. <laughs> Especially you. Amen. <laughs> you, right? Seriously. That's what Berkman said. <laughs> Berkman and Berkman. <laughs> all right. Berkman and Berkman. All right. So, no, what we're doing today is we, <laughs> at the time of this podcast drop, mm. we will have landed the plane on our series through the book of Romans. And I just would like to take some time reflecting on, Dave, from you, hearing from you, what that's been like. Because, yeah, brother, seriously. I mean, not to, you probably won't preach through Romans like that again. Well, that's, that's the sad, said. that's the sad part. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I will. I mean, mm. I, I hope that I can take what I have learned 
and what we all have learned and package it in such a way that it could be a, you know, it could be a class. You could do a, a discipleship mm-hmm. Roman style or something. Well, you write those study guides for sure. Yeah. Which helps us right. all get into yeah. the, the meat but of the it. whole obedience of faith and what really has been impactful, so many things, is that when I started thinking about teaching through Romans, it's quite controversial in some ways. How so? Well, because every major theologian, every major commentator has written a commentary on it and right down to, you know, when did he write it? What's the makeup of the church? Is it all Jews? It is all Gentiles. Mm -hmm. It is some of each. Right down to the controversy over what the problem was that he discusses in chapters 14 and following. And then perhaps the greatest one is, you know, what do you do with Romans 9 through 11? And so for me, as I was approaching it, I thought, okay, I've got a number of seminary and university theological professors mm. sitting in the audience. Seriously. And they started kind of sending me papers <laughs> oh. on their viewpoints of things. Oh. I mean, no, it was helpful. Okay. Very helpful. Okay. In Romans 7, is Paul a believer or an unbeliever? Yeah. They're on both sides of that. Right. People that have been helpful to me and commentators that I've read, there's a number of different ways to see the theme all yeah. the way through. So I fell back on what we've been doing here at Grace for a long time, and that is we want to preach the Bible the way it was written. Mm. So I just decided I'm not going to go ahead and read everything before I decide. I'm just going to work through the text. And when I saw that the obedience of faith in verse 1-5, where he says, you know, my whole purpose is to bring about the obedience of faith. And then he closes the book in chapter 16, verse 26, I think it is to bring about the obedience of faith, it just seemed to me, okay, here's what he's really trying to do. He's trying to get the people who are going to read this to understand first how you came to be a person of faith because you start off in the first three chapters, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just nobody seeks for God. Faith is never, you know, built up in yourself. You don't get it. You don't find it. You don't work it up. Mm. Uh, It's a gift. The obedience of faith was new for me because I had always read and was taught that the theme, the major theme, was God's righteousness right. in the gospel. Now, certainly that's a theme, yeah. but it's it's not the umbrella. Well, I don't think it is, yeah. because the righteousness of God becomes ours. You know, right standing before God is all about the obedience of faith. Yep. It's, it's that faith that first obeys by coming to Christ and then obeys by living for Christ. Right. And I saw that the pivot in Romans 12 is so stark, therefore, yeah, right? right. By, by all that God's mercies have done for you, here's why I told you all that. Yeah. And I, I do think we also learned that we need to go through it at a pace that allows us to remember where we've come from so that we can use it as the foundation of where we are. By that, I mean, you don't spend a year, you know, going through Romans 1 through 8 mm. and writing a doctrinal thesis that you're hoping every Calvinist will love. Right. No, you, you go through it because he re- the, really the emphasis isn't on how you got saved. It's on the presence of the Spirit and now how you should, how you should live as a saved person. Which, which is what has just been infused in all the conversations around campus because it's that idea of saying, listen, how do you take our doctrinal clarity and through the work of the Holy Spirit, apply it into everyday life? I mean, I've seen... Even too, just the development of kind of that ridgeline idea. Yeah. That mm. it's really 
been birthed out of the conversation that is derived from our study in Romans. Yeah, the the idea of a ridge line is, you know, if you look at a at a ridge, a mountain ridge, the ridge line is narrow, and on each side there's peril. Mm-hmm. So you've got the peril on one side of falling too far this way and that way. And so Paul, you know, for instance, he talks about walking by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does that mean? Right. You know, you could have a whole ridge line there. Right. Does it does it mean that I I can't do anything in the morning until the spirit tells me what to do? Mm. I, am I part of it? Is mm. my natural giftedness and my own diligence and my laziness and my sin are all those things involved with you know walking by the spirit? And so there's a lot of this walking a very narrow line with peril on either side. And I think right. we've I like how you fleshed out what Paul does is in Romans eight. And then in Romans 14, talking about conscience, when you teased out principle versus law. Yeah. You know, which is really the rhythm of the spirit. Yeah. And I mean, I'm this way. Like right now, my son is trying to teach me some things on the computer. And I just want to say, Andy, just write it down for me. Mm-hmm. He says, no, dad, you need to learn the muscle memory and you mm. need to you need to be able to decide when to do this and when to do that. Well, the natural proclivity of the human heart is, look, I just want a law. Mm-hmm. Like dieting, right? right? Look, just tell me the three things I can eat and the two exercises I have to do to lose 30 pounds. I can turn my mind off. I'll just walk yeah. through them. And I think we want to do that spiritually. Look, just tell me three steps how to pray, right? Two steps how to treat my wife and then leave me alone. One of these highlights that, that we're talking about is this courage and confidence to lean into an obedience of faith that has doctrinal clarity, but yet has a beautiful freedom to be able to apply that into each individual heart and each individual circumstance that is within the realm of orthodoxy. And I just think, David, as we've talked corporately and then how that's worked itself out in our ABF conversations and in our hallway conversations, that that confidence really has helped people, right? Because when you when you look at the first part of Romans, the weight of that, you're like, I don't want to mess that up. <laughs> but I think what's been really beautiful is saying, hey, <laughs> you can you can live, you can actually enjoy, you can have freedom of a faith that's built off of doctrinal clarity. How is that freedom, David, as as you continue to work that out? What gives you the freedom not to fall, <laughs> not to fall prey of either legalism or license in applying doctrinal truth? Yeah, I mean, my eyes were opened in when we got to chapter 13. Mm. Yeah. Where it starts off with the government. Yep. But then he goes into loving then your neighbors and loving your enemies. It seems to me more and more, because I wasn't raised in a in a family that was particularly demonstrative in their love. Mm-hmm. We were heady people. We were thinkers, right? And we were doers. And love was for the squishy folks, you know. That, <laughs> and I, I think that the obedience of faith comes down to love. Wow. Because when you... When you just want to be selfish and just have three rules to keep, Mm. that's not love for God. That's not love for neighbor. Legalism doesn't require that I mature. Mm. It doesn't, I can just keep the rules. And yet love demands that I mature. Mm. I mean, love your enemies. I mean, just that one right there, don't pay back evil for evil. Right. All these things demand that the the number one thing in my life is that I love God. Mm. 
I love him so much that I'm going to obey him. And obedience comes when I love others. Sounds like Paul Isn't that was, just weird? Yeah. He's preaching the same gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the fact that Paul is in a position to speak chapter 14, all about the conflicts they were having. Why? Because of lack of love. The strong didn't love the weak and the weak didn't love the strong. They despised each other. They judged each other. There was conflicts in the church. Why? Because they loved themselves more than they loved God's truth. And they didn't love God's truth enough to love one another. So I really see in the evangelical world that we are more concerned about being right yeah. than being righteous. Because righteous is, I'm going to love you. And you can run away from me, but I'm still going to treat, you can oppose me, you can hate me, Hmm. but I'm still going to act out the character of Jesus Christ. And that's what I loved about the series. When we launched into Romans, I had my new perspective, a tenai up, you know, and I was, I was, I had those lenses on, just I wanted to listen for it and how accessible Jesus is in Romans. Because Paul is preaching the same gospel as Jesus is. Absolutely. And it's probably around chapter 13 that that really begins yeah. to highlight itself off of Romans 8, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what the gospel affords you. I was talking to one brother and his wife, and we were talking about Romans. And that that's something that highlighted in, and resonated with them, was that it was so accessible. And they, they weren't prepared for that because it's yeah. the Everest. It's I Romans. I think when he gets into the last half of chapter 7 to, you know, around 15 or 16, when he says, we no longer see anybody in the flesh. Yeah. We no longer yeah. adjudicate and judge people by who they are in their humanness. Now, just think about the long-term ramifications of that if people really got it. That means that while race is still something to celebrate, color of skin, and the expressions of that are, are wonderful and diverse and we can all learn from it, that's not what's primarily true of me. Mm-hmm. As we've been saying in our Foundations of Faithfulness, the most important, the most true thing about me is that I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Paul goes on, if anyone's in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. You can throw all the money you want at at racism and homelessness and all these other things, but the problem isn't a lack of money. It's a lack of character. Mm. And character is what is foremost when we say we're in Christ. That's a big takeaway for me. Yeah, because it reframes everything. Because you're able to see, wait a minute, how I'm assessing, how I'm impacted by, how I respond to, what's happening in front of me in a real, earthy, personal way that I'm able to reframe that in a sense of saying, wait a minute, how I identify myself, how I see the world, how I see my neighbor, and how I see what God's doing is reframed, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that's how it's accessible. And part of the benefit- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's part of the benefit we have as uh, the other associate pastors. We get to take what you're doing in the pulpit, which is the helm of our church, right? And we get to massage that into different areas of content. So it could be study guides. Here we are on a podcast and in an ABF training or just in a conversation, a counseling situation. And that is a real delight when people begin to identify with what the scripture is telling them. Because you can drive a truck through it. I I mean, you're saying, wait a minute, the whole thing is reframed. It's, It's that we take our identity and the, what our prime reality is unpacked through our understanding of the truth of God's word. And then to say, wait a minute, how then can we take according to our circumstances in a way that it maps on, that it that it applies? It's not that our circumstances get applied to the scriptures 
it's more along the lines of what we're talking about, that actually the way in which I see life is now fundamentally different. It's not that I'm trying to see the world and then see see the scriptures and try to match them up, which is exhausting, but rather it's just living out who we already are. And I think that's what you've helped us to see, David, is you're going, wait a minute, our obedience of faith is not something that we add to who we are in order to be a Christian, but rather it's actually just living out the therefore <laughs> of Romans 12, 1 right. into everyday life, which which honestly kind of frees people up to go, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to be anything other than who I already am applied in the context of where we are. And that's just really encouraging. And the fact, Aaron, what you're saying too, is that we don't have to do it alone. Right. That we get to do that together. And so as we gather together and hear from the pulpit, the beauty of what's happening, and then to be able to see it expressed in a freedom that is not burdensome yeah. is the beauty of what I think the Lord has really brought to our people through this study of Romans. People begin to see how it all connected That's to everything else. Yeah. That's the point. How it resonated yeah. and accentuated the foundations of faithfulness. Yep. yep. How we were taking to different spheres yep. and different corners of our church and applying it in various ways in ministry. Oh, it's I mean, it was, I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. Hey, Grace family, join us every Sunday in the month of July for our July seminars. Some of the seminars will include Biblical Community, Wisdom with Finances, and Parenting Strong-Willed Children. For a full list of seminars and room details, visit our website at the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for streaming. You know, I think as some people know, when we first did the Foundations of Faithfulness, there were only six of them. I do and, remember that. And, <laughs> and then, and I then, do because you were talking about. It, then you kept on. And then talking he read about, Romans thirteen. No, but then, but then David, he kept on talking. He's like, yeah, and love and love and love. I go, wait a minute, did, are you, is there another one? And you're like, well, there has to be. <laughs> My biblical theology informs me that there should be. <laughs> well, that isn't that the way we should work. We yeah. we go to the scriptures. We distill out principles and you know roadmaps for our lives. And then while we're in scripture, we realize, wait a minute. Yeah. And there's still more here. Yeah. So for me, I mean, we talked about love before and I, I preached yeah, uh, last year. Yeah. The text for the year was first John four, seven right. through eleven. Yeah. Beloved, let us love one another. But when we got to Romans eight, and at the end, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And mm. I I coined the phrase, I think, that we're e- eternally secure because we're eternally loved. Yes. That really hit me. Mm. It's like somebody takes their foot off your air hose when you finally come to realize what it means to be surrounded by, held in, fueled by the love of God in Christ. And that will never, ever, 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 ever be diminished Mm. because nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ. And we just ought to let that wash over us a little bit more. Yeah. Because that that love of Christ is what has transformed our hearts and is transforming our minds toward his truth, toward him, and toward one another. And I think about how that relates to how God then preserved and brought about even the actual letter of Romans. Just a loving act. I mean, Phoebe was probably going to leave Corinth and go to Rome on a business trip or something. And Paul's like, oh, hey, since you're going, (laughs) can I give you a letter? 
I mean, can you imagine if the ship broke up or yeah. maybe she went on land, if, if thieves got her Yeah. and God just, he preserved the, the whole process. Well, and... He had a hard drive. He'd backed it up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but that undercurrent of love has just moved our hearts mm. it, and it, it really does compel the obedience of faith. And that's why it just, out of all the things that we've studied in terms of Romans, that freedom of the expression of the love of God that then motivates and brings desire and hope and courage to actually live it out is compelling and it's protecting. So that Romans 8, 1, I know that I'm not at risk. I'm yep. not at risk, right. ultimately, because of the love of Christ. And then to be able to see that expressed in real time and space yeah. with a brother or sister in Christ who moves towards me or lives life in a way that's not defined by the flesh, but according to the spirit, it reminds me in reality what I know to be true, that God transforms the hearts in a way that is better than obedience to anything else in yeah, this life. Right. I think if we, we, we ought to be able to narrow down the obedience of faith, that faith is the first obedience. We, we, around here, we call it first faith. Right, right, right. But faith is also the fuel for gr the growth in obedience, firm faith. Mm. So the obedience of faith really is a, a beginning point and an everyday consistent um, logo or formula or slogan. Why do I obey? Well, because I have more faith that God is right mm. than I have that I'm right mm. or that the world is right. And so what he does, he first gives us faith, then he grows that faith so that we can express that faith in ways that will lead other people to see how great it is to place their faith in Christ. Dave, when you come to the end of a series, do you... I'm going to cry. Do you get kind of no, emotional? Seriously. Well, yeah, I am. Yeah. Look, I'm going to be 67. And, you know, nobody knows what 70 feels like or 75 until you're there or 80 or 85. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that I will never do again. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, when I graduated from college and realized I'm never going to play baseball again. Yeah. I'm never going to compete at that level again. I actually got a little teary on my wedding day because I, I'm not going to get married again. And this was so wonderful it's and so beautiful. Yeah. So I think anything that is really, really good and impactful in life, you do have a certain sentimentality, I hope, when you see that that season's over. When, when you think about the, the, the reflection of it, maybe not even to a text or a sermon. What are some of the things when you're closing the book on your study of Romans, what are some of the things that the Lord has just brought to mind in your heart or that you're seeing that, that has been uh, an evident blessing of your time in Romans? Well, sadly, the first thing you feel that I already feel is that I wish I'd had taught it somewhere else before I taught it here because I'd be a lot better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you have, if you play baseball and you have a good season, it helps you have another good season. We hope. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, I'm just very much recommitting to the fact that I've been saying this for years. I'm going to keep saying it because it works in my life and the lives of others. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God yeah. to do the work of God in people's lives. Yeah. And you know, my life philosophy 
over the last 20 years has been, I'm going to serve God by bringing his word to bear on his people. Very simple. You served us very well. Well, and, and I'm served. Yeah. I'm the chef who first samples everything mm, and yeah. I eat it and then I, I make it again and give it to you. So I, yeah, I mean, doing what I do, doing what we do, guys, mm, mm. is the greatest privilege there is uh, in the Christian walk. What are some resources that you were going through these past oh, two yeah. years in, in Romans yeah. that helped you, that yeah. ministered to you, that then manifested itself in the pulpit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, commentary-wise, I went back and forth between Cranfield, Schreiner, and Doug Moo. Doug Moo, Doug Moo yeah, turned sure. out to be uh, the most valuable yeah. of that. Interestingly enough, some of you know my brother is a Messianic rabbi, and he wrote a two-volume commentary on Romans that is completely from a first-century Jewish perspective, which was very, very interesting especially in the in the places where you've got the weak and the strong and those kinds of things. And my brother's just a he's a great guy. Uh, he and I disagree on peripheral things, but but his perspective has been very good. And I also uh, I just uh, I'm going to, you know, make you guys part of this. We talked a lot about it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. You oh, and me, yeah. Yeah. Joe, Aaron, Jared, yeah. uh, other folks. And I think there is, in a multitude of counselors, there was a kind of a synthesizing in my heart mm. of what's what's best, because you could preach Romans for 10 years, and, and yet part of it is deciding, okay, I'm not going to go into that depth, in that idiosyncrasy that mm-hmm. the academic world is, mm-hmm. is talking about. Right. We're going to make sure that we're preaching to the people who are in front of us. Right. And so and, the conversations yeah, yeah, really massage yeah. that. It's, it's really been, I mean, having a front row seat, you know, because my my office door is, you know, as close to David's. Right. And it's usually open. I can hear everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's so, um, what I've just enjoyed so much is that you allow for the uh, the personalities and the people that are in the hallways to to move into wherever you're thinking and it's really cool that you'll you'll turn around and and you'll just go you'll just start talking about where your head's at oh yeah yeah and i've and had experience you'll be so going, many times you'll be tra- you'll turn around and you go hey you know what i was thinking about this and you know as i'm exploring this thought this is how this is kind of i'm reflecting on it and thinking about this and 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 you you invite you invite the internal dialogue of your heart oh, openly. Joe, Joe this it's happens so cool. It happens so many times also in retrospect. And I I'm sure it happens to Sherilyn as well. Yeah. Where <laughs> unbeknownst to us in the moment, David was just dropping nuggets on us. No, no, right. And then yeah. and then when he's preaching, I'm like, Oh, that's what you were doing. No, it was no he you like, were taking he it for a test drive. It's, it's no, he takes stuff for test drives all the time. <laughs> and it just he's going, Hey, does this like in my head, this all makes sense as I say it out loud. Dave, is that true? Do you do that? Oh, what's well, funny? I'm laughing over here because I'll I'll just have something. You guys are this way. You're studying and you're going, look, I have to I have to say this yes. to somebody. Yeah. Totally. So I'll walk I'll walk out <laughs> yes. to uh Corona Mayhew, my administrative executive assistant, and I'll go, Hey, Corona, did you know da 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 da? And she'll kind of look at me and go, Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hey. <laughs> 
No, but 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 what's so great is David is that you you oh, and come my... on, let's get off the great David thing. No, no, but no, 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 fun, yeah, no, 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 no. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. so. But what's great is is that, and again, we can cut this if we need to. But I'm just saying, <laughs> okay. I'm saying that how relational the construction of your sermons and your work is, because like what you were saying. Because in the end, what you care most about is that it's useful yeah. to help yep. people. Mm -hmm. So in the process of of study, you invite people to go, hey, as I'm saying this, are, are you resonating with that? And then you invite their, right. their thinking, and then it crafts this like this third way right. every once in a while. <laughs> right, sure. Where it's yeah. like this, and, and then being a part of it and listening, you go, wow, that really is kind of like us again another you know? way in which it's, cool. it's made accessible yeah it's yeah. really cool and I, I just have to say you guys i've felt a long time that the longer you walk with jesus we ought to become more like where we're going right mm. oh yeah and you know i think it's no secret over the last five years god's really been pleased and favorable to me to kind of show me that being a little bit more relational more loving and I didn't try, it just happens. Mm, um, yeah. You started off this little segment about how will I feel when it's over. Mm. I'm going to feel useful. Mm. And I'm going to feel like I'm not sure how we did that. Yeah, right. I often look back on things that yeah. we've accomplished here and said, right. how do we do that? Right. Uh, that's so cool. Because in the end, that the Lord uses it all. And right. I just tell right. you what, it's been such a joy and a blessing to be a part of what God's doing here at Grace Baptist Church through the preaching of his word mm -hmm. and the construction of it. And yeah, I just think it's been, it's been really enriching. Dave, I know you, you don't like this, but <laughs> then why do you do it? <laughs> that's, I just, it's, it's fun that's to, what's so great about this podcast. It's fun to watch podcast. you squirm. <laughs> what is so great about this podcast is we just go, hey, let's get in a room. Well, and, we'll just, and it's the best. Just, I love I it. Just wanna, <laughs> I want to land the plane on this one. Okay. And on behalf of Joe, the other pastors, the elders even. Thanks, man. Yeah, straight up. Hey, man. you loved us. Straight up. You shepherded us through the book of Romans. You did. And we, God used you. It was yeah. God. God did yep. the work. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, thanks so much for streaming in. Hopefully next week you'll be able to join us as we wrap up season three of Magnify. Nice. Smooth, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That was so great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to Magnify Podcast so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask in our mailbag, you can email them to magnify at gracebaptist.org and we will answer them on the show. Thank you so much for streaming.